I'm Danielle Laporte, and essentially, this is a one-woman show about self-realization called With Love, Danielle. few quick things to mention. These are adult conversations, so heads up. I'll be talking about compassion, self-help fatigue, sex, joy, serving the world. This is about a spirituality that's way more rock and roll than it is oppressive. I'm here to help you turn your anxiety into power. Personally, I want to live more deeply, but lighten up. You're going to hear about all the ways that I have finally figured out how to do that. I am not into making grand motivational promises, but I can commit to showing up as fully, sincerely, authentically as possible with the intention of really alleviating suffering and amplifying joy just for starters. It's about doing everything I can to help all of us feel a little less crazy, a lot more full of possibility, and clearly part of the solution. Here's a quote from Niels Bohr. How wonderful that we have met with paradox. Now we have some hope of making progress. Around the age of eight, I came across the concept of eternity. It's the ultimate religious sales pitch, eternity. Serious business. It's the take no prisoners of all binary choices. Would you prefer an eternity in heaven? Or would you rather an eternity in hell? Huh, let me mull it over. How long do I have to get back to you? So there I am, sitting on the living room couch after Hamburger Helper and an episode of Happy Days, the good phase before Chachi got together with Joni, and I'm ruminating, as eight-year-olds do, on eternity. I stretch my malleable little mind as far as it could go. A time without end. I repeated to myself, using priest language that I'd memorized verbatim. That means that eternity is forever and ever 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 and endless forevers and evers. As the ever and evers kept going, my eyes filled with tears. I could not handle the magnitude. Eternity scared the crap out of me. See, it's a very effective recruitment tool. What I was too young to articulate was this counter question. Who wants an eternity of anything? Even if it's heavenly, it's going to get old. The prospect seemed so bleak to me that it forced me into faith, as religious ultimatums are engineered to do. I had to have faith that surely God must have something better in store for us than being permanently parked in heaven. There must, like, be field trips at least. Who doesn't want to believe that if you do all the right things, you'll be rewarded for it. Of course, the big theories appeal to us. They're simple and direct, so right or so wrong, so explained. But there's a problem with acceptance of wholesale beliefs from any worldview. No questioning equals no growth. Your curiosity is the bloodstream of your own spirituality. Curiosity carries nourishment to your faith the heart of your spirit. The more curious you are about how life works, the more present you will be in your own life. Curiosity is different than desperately seeking, though there is a time for that, also known as crisis time. 
When I'm in pain, when I want what I want, then I want to get the right answers and solutions stat. And I used to try anything. Feng shui to get my money flowing, chakra clearing to get the mojo moving, another clairvoyant to tell me when and how it's all going to manifest. Curiosity is slightly more patient and confident. A friend of mine, an avowed Buddhist in the Shambhala line, was preparing me for a retreat that I'd signed up for. Question everything the Lama says. Buddhists love that shit. Got it. Oh, and if he asks, tell him you have no intention whatsoever of taking vows. That'll totally turn him on. Note, turn on the Lama with intellectual rebelliousness. The immaculacy of all great teachings is questionable. So we should question it, all of it, actively, constantly. Questioning your teachers is not a betrayal of them, or your god, or guru, or your favorite seer. It's not an act of cynicism or mistrust. It's self-respecting optimism. It's a belief in your right to do what's best for you, and faith that you'll figure out what that is. Here's a quote from Alan Watts. There is no such thing as, quote, the truth that can be stated. In other words, ask the question, what is the true position of the stars in the Big Dipper? Well, it depends on where you're looking at them from. The Viennese philosopher Martin Buber said, the world is not comprehensible, but it is embraceable. The thirst for knowledge is such an incredible characteristic of humans. We instinctively and relentlessly seek the truth knowing that it might very well be unknowable within the limits of our mind. And yet, we still seek. Relative, objective, subjective, absolute, unknowable, who knows, the truth. Incomprehensible, mind-bogglingly vast, stunning, sometimes terrifying. Luminous, galvanizing, sweetly enveloping, healing, ultimately liberating, unfathomably, deeply pleasing, gorgeously, divinely impeccable truth. Don't you want some of that? I do. I'm an absolutist. I believe in one truth. Except, I don't think any of us know what that truth is. This makes me a fairly open-minded absolutist, which of course I think is the best kind. Righteous, yet flexible. I believe that there is a universal, all-pervasive truth that architects life. I believe in its magnificent genius. I believe that we all originate from that source, everything. I sense my creative power. I recall a place where the we of humanity is the I that is God. I recollect a choice when the we that is the I that is God decided to burst out into individual sparks of light, souls, a big bang of consciousness. We went into the cosmic wilderness by choice, an intentional adventure to remember our way back home and evolve along the way. It was and is the ultimate creative act because life lives to create. I think of my human mind as a transmitter of light. And what an amazing capacity that we humans have to think about our minds. 
Imagine that you've got on a magic helmet. It's more like a techno-turbo helmet crown, a feminized, more cosmic version of something Iron Man might wear. If only there were more women superheroes featured in Hollywood. If only filmmakers could conceive of a female tech genius billionaire who wanted to kick some peacekeeping ass. If only we could entertain that all humans have fourth-dimensional powers. If only, but I digress. This light-transmitting helmet crown pulls down esoteric knowledge from the ethers and translates it so that the physical brain can process that light from above into thoughts, words, ideas, and ultimately, your actions. The mind is a truth filter. And like all filters, the mind has limited but always expandable capacities. It can only handle a certain amount of light at a time. Too much truth slash light could very literally blow your mind. I wonder about all the people throughout time who have been committed to psychiatric wards. The so-called mad artists and those diagnosed as delusional or schizophrenic. How many of them weren't chemically imbalanced or suffering a psychopathy, but rather experiencing a spiritual transmission that was overloading their circuits? Who of the diagnosed and disregarded might actually be speaking truth or communicating interdimensionally? You also need to consider the reverse. How many of the so-called sane and socially accepted people in positions of leadership or profit-making who claim connection with the divine are actually speaking spirit-oppressing, harmful nonsense? With God, goddess, the soul, the universe being so unfathomable but magnificent, I imagine that a mere drop of such pure power on my tongue would have me reeling. Combustion. Disillusion. I'd melt into the great ecstatic isness, smiling deliriously all the way, which makes me thankful for the restrictions of this third dimension and the suitcase I call a body. Combustion can wait. I dig being on the earth plane. Einstein said that time exists only so that everything doesn't happen all at once. We need to be fed the truth a bite at a time, Revelation after sweet revelation. And then when we're hungry again, we ask for more. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to increase your capacity to receive and transmit light. This is what it means to raise your frequency, to tune in. You're adjusting your dials to truth radio, and the hits will keep coming. Truth has spectrums, sequences, levels. And each dose of truth expands us, increasing our capacity to receive and give more truth and light. Seek, and you shall find one layer of truth at a time. Every experience we have in life, even the missteps, and especially the bliss, is a step closer to that sacred radiance. We are all waking up in the same direction. Hey, can I just bring your attention over here for a second? I want to talk to you about letting go of sorrow. The practice, you know, the practice, if you've been around for a while, you've known about cutting cords and sending energy back to its source, or maybe you don't. But I have another approach, which is about offering our pain up 
in a more gentle way. We offer it to the divine to be transmuted. So I've got a visualization. It's called the Ocean and Rose Meditation. And it's gentle and it's thorough. And I'm designing everything these days in the form of a deck. So you get 56 printable cue cards. So you can be sitting, lotus position, with your decks in front of you that walk you through each step of the meditation if you're doing it yourself. Or you've got me on your earbuds giving you a 50-minute guided audio practice. You can do a shorter version if you like. And there are three mantra tracks that I suggest to play before, during, and after your practice just to get like deeper release and healing. So you can get the Ocean and Rose Kit for yourself or because we're all about friendship, you can get a friend bundle. So you save money, you get one for you and you get one for your friend. And every deck that you buy plants a tree because consciousness, oxygen, and love doesn't get better than that. Get the Ocean and Rose Kit, please. Turn your sorrow into wisdom. DanielleLaporte.com slash ocean. What did you used to believe in that you now think is ridiculous? Here, I'll go first. Soulmates. I used to think there was only one person for every person. An exquisite match of values and ethereal and earthly connectedness that would magnetize two souls together in unbreakable union. Now? Now I think the one is the one because you say they are. I'm going to make you the one. You're it because I said so. And that very intentional selection is so much more romantic and powerful than waiting on the fates to deliver a one in six billion person to your door. I believed in destiny. Now I'm into free will. I used to think I could heal someone with my love. Now I know it takes a lot more than love. And most of the time, people have to heal themselves. It takes courage to change your beliefs. Beliefs are so intertwined with the people around us. We are accepted or rejected based on our beliefs. Beliefs keep our private world in order. Change what you believe and you change your life. Here's a quote from Malcolm Gladwell. That's your responsibility as a person, as a human being, to constantly be updating your positions on as many things as possible. And if you don't contradict yourself on a regular basis, then you're not thinking. Perhaps the truth is absolute and fixed. Even so, we are not. We are moving through space and time seeing it from different angles. I want to burn everything I've ever written before this morning. Today, I look at some of my prior offenses slash opinions, and I just roll my eyes and think, oh God, Danielle. But that's what I felt then, and it might still serve someone where they're at now. You may stand for something your whole life. You've been going on and on about this principle or this standard that you hold so dear, and then, one day, you do something that's completely counter to what you've been preaching. You do something musketeer-like and brave. You make an exception to your own rule. And it makes perfect sense. And you're not a hypocrite. You're just alive to your life in the moment, ever-changing. Anais Nin put it this way. We do not grow absolutely, chronologically. We grow sometimes in one dimension, and not in another, unevenly. We grow partially, 
We are relative. We are mature in one realm, childish in another. The past, present, and future mingle and pull us backward, forward, or fix us in the present. We are made of layers, cells, constellations. We are big spirits with human shortcomings. And if we're being our authentic selves, we will be walking, breathing, dancing, tweeting contradictions. We can have strong yogic bodies and still crumble when we think that we've disappointed someone. We can be incredibly generous with our money and possessions, but highly controlling of the time we give to others. Vulnerable lovers, ruthless business people, public introverts, bacon-loving vegetarians. We think contradictions indicate hypocrisy, but hypocrisy is actually feigning to hold certain morals when you yourself don't conform to them. And even so, sometimes hypocrisy is a lesson in strengthening our own integrity. Somehow, we got the idea that being whole is about being perfectly consistent. I'd rather we be perfectly honest. We can't put parts of ourselves aside in thinking that it will make us more wholesome. Crushing our so-called vices, being robotically disciplined and formulaically polite can stifle our power. We have to be careful in throwing out the devil, said Nietzsche, that we do not throw out the best parts of ourselves. If we can't treasure our contradictions, then how will we ever prove the value of a spirituality that can accommodate rage and a body politic that can show mercy or a generous capitalism or a unified diversity of beliefs? Every religion and doctrine has its purists to protect it. They endeavor to preserve the originality of the sacred teachings. Often, their secondary job is to go forth and dispense that information to a new audience. Some teachings are distributed as widely as possible, like yoga or Buddhism being brought from the East to the West. Some wisdom is passed down through lineages and bloodlines. Some of it is codified and kept hidden so that only esoteric practitioners with the right intentions can put it to good use. Truth dispensation is problematic business. Teachings cross continents, millennia of shifting cultures, and a mashup of human motives and agendas. History is usually recorded by the victors of the era, the dominant race or gender. And if those biases weren't enough to limit perspective, the facts, such as they are, get translated and retranslated through multiple languages. You know, I think if Jesus ran a branding campaign these days, his slogan would be, that's not what I meant by that. Remember the telephone game from when you were a kid? You whisper into the ear of the girl next to you, let's run in the field and pick daisies. And then she whispers it to the boy beside her, who mumbles it to the next kid, and so on. And by the time the message makes it around the circle, it's that one of you is sick and crazy. Even as we try to keep it straight, humans distort things, especially when we urgently want to get our point across. If you're overly attached to your truth, hypocrisy is a hazard because the truth is never black and white. It's encompassing. It's and both. Puritanism is a trap 
for being offended and offensive. When we cling to our principles, we shrink our vision to myopic proportions where there is no give and take, only preaching. Nationalists who hang people for burning flags. Capitalists who deplete resources. Light preachers who operate in the dark. I deeply respect purists who want to protect sacred information. What noble work that can be in a world that distorts so much. But I have a problem with righteous purists. The puritanical heavies who create division and shame with their arrogant inflexibility in the name of their God, race, nation, history, or gender. When we turn away from each other, we turn away from our own souls. When you combine personal ambition with misinformation, you get propaganda. We go from authentic esoteric truth to Disney-fied gimmicks for getting ahead in life. Always ahead. Authentic mystical movements are turned into a collage of truth and lies. It's a mess. But you know what? It's a beautiful mess that we can't and shouldn't try to avoid. We are humans having a relationship with God, life, light, whichever term works for you. And relationships are complicated. We are fumbling our way toward ecstasy. Truth distortion is part of truth clarification. If we accept that the dilution, pollution, and misappropriation of truth is inevitable, then we'll be a lot more compassionate with ourselves and each other. Traditions are being lost. The truth is being twisted up and watered down. I look at it as a necessary, albeit risky, guessing game to help us learn to decipher truth for ourselves. What stays? What goes? What do we fight for? When do we stop fighting? Less worshiping of outer sources and more discernment of spiritual information means that we learn to feel into what's true for ourselves. When you're walking in the dark, you can either sit down and wait for someone to give you directions, or you can get extrasensory and see for yourself. True wisdom usually holds and transcends opposing points of view. Wisdom knows that there is always an exception to the rule, that there is a time and place, and that case by case is divine protocol. If you can comfortably hold your paradoxes, you're going to be just fine. Because I'm suggesting that you, one, love yourself first and foremost, and include the world in your loving. And then get off your ass and be more selflessly engaged. Two, raise your standards and be more flexible and accommodating. Three, forgive and don't forget. Four, honor spiritual traditions and be your own guru. Five, Be open-hearted and have clear, strong boundaries. Six, be understanding and don't take any shit. Seven, have a vision and go with the flow. Eight, trust and do the work. Nine, get real and be idealistic. Ten, be steadfast in your truth and Make all kinds of exceptions.
11. Have strong preferences and be easy to please. 12. Lead with your heart and your head. And 13. Own your extraordinariness and your ordinariness. Because it's up to you and we're all in this together. And hey, we have all the time in the world, but this is urgent. Thank you so much for listening, for feeling, for spreading the word with love. 